Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Sabah al-khair. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM and Palestine Remembered with Yusuf Arimawi, Nasser Mashni and Robert Martin. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Australia's only radio program that is totally dedicated to the Palestinian cause in English language. We would like to welcome our listeners on the AM dial and those who will join us later on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts. In today's episode, uh, we will be delighted to speak uh, via the telephone with Dr. Ghassan Al-Khatib, a Palestinian, renowned academic and a former minister at the Palestinian Authority. So uh, stay with us and enjoy the episode. guest uh, this morning will be Dr. Ghassan Al-Khatib. Dr. Khatib is a respected Palestinian academic at uh, Bir Zayt University and uh, a former uh, member of the Palestinian Authority Cabinet. In 2002, he was the Minister of Labor and in 2005 and 6 he was the Planning Minister. Moreover, Dr. Khatib was a member of the Madrid Peace Conference in 1991 and was involved in the Washington negotiations from 1991 to 93. Uh, Dr. Khatib is currently the director of the Government Media Center. So uh, Dr. Khatib will share with us uh, this morning his views and reflections about the Fatah Hamas reconciliation or unity agreement. So uh, stay with us and we will be back shortly. Dr. Hassan, thanks for, thanks for joining us. I think first um, we might talk about the reconciliation. On October 12, uh, Fatah and Hamas signed a reconciliation agreement. Can you take us through the, the, the machination to get us to that point? Uh, this is actually not a new agreement. Uh, and it's not the first time that the two sides 
reach agreements. Uh, this time they agreed uh, mainly to implement the previously signed agreements. The new additional thing in this occasion is that Hamas, practically speaking, agreed to dissolve the government it established in Gaza uh, and uh, agreed to allow the uh, Palestinian government headed by uh, Dr. Hamdallah to assume its responsibilities in Gaza. Uh, equally to the way it has been assuming its responsibility in the West Bank. The uh, sudden uh, positive development of Hamas's position uh, was perceived as a breakthrough and allowed the two sides to renew uh, dialogue over uh, the variety of issues on the negotiations table. Uh, we all know that uh, there are always four items on, on, on the agenda. And the first one is the functioning of the government. The second one is the uh, unification of the security and security apparatuses. Number three is the political unity or disunity uh, within the framework of the PLO. And finally, uh, the um, reactivation of the elected legislative council or and uh, <coughs> planning for new uh, election for a new legislative council. In this time, uh, the parties agreed on one of these four different agenda items, namely enabling the Palestinian government to assume its responsibilities practically in Gaza, and they agreed uh, that they will meet next month in order to continue discussions over the uh, rest of the issues on the agenda. Uh, Doctor, uh, um, the Palestinians have, uh, like you mentioned, seen episodes of talks and agreements uh, uh, for more than 10 years, and uh, there is a level of skeptical uh, skepticism and doubts. Uh, but this time, things seem to be a little bit different in terms of the breakthrough, like you explained. So um, I guess my question will be, um, are you optimistic that things will go through this time? No, I'm not at all. I think that there is a feeling of optimism in the media, a level of uh, optimistic statements that were uh, made by uh, politicians from the two sides. And I think that uh, people uh, are also optimistic because the uh, Hamas authorities allowed uh, Hamballah and his government uh, to visit Gaza and they treated them uh, in a good way. Uh, I think that uh, there is a slight possibility that the Palestinian government might be allowed to uh, take responsibility in Gaza. Uh, but I have doubts, uh, and I'm not optimistic at all, that the two sides will be able to agree on the rest of the issues of the dispute. Um. Uh, so, so, Dr. Hassan, the challenge we've got is, you know, um, the Israelis won't negotiate with Hamas and they won't negotiate with uh, um, the PA because they don't represent all of the Palestinians. The, the challenge we've got is, you know, reconciliation is getting discussed, yet Gaza is still only getting four hours a day of electricity. 
you know, what 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 incentive is there for the Palestinians? I I, I would respond in two points uh, to this. Number one, Israel is not interested in negotiations. Period. Uh, Israel now is under the government of a right-wing uh, uh, coalition that uh, can agree among themselves only on uh, steps to consolidate the occupation and to swallow these occupied territories through settlement expansion. And they cannot agree on anything related to future solution or negotiations. That's why the strategy of Netanyahu is to prevent and to avoid in all possible means any negotiations um, engagement with the Palestinian side. And the um, Israelis have been uh, convincing sometimes and deterring some other times uh, uh, the uh, uh, American side from pursuing um, uh, uh, negotiations uh, between the two sides. Uh, that's number one. Number two, the negative reactions from both Israel and the United States to reconciliation is, in my view, irrelevant because the uh, uh, two sides have agreed only on something uh, that should not bother the Americans or the Israelis, which is simply enabling the Palestinian government from functioning in Gaza. They did not agree on anything more. And I think most probably they're not going to agree on anything more. Uh, therefore, um, enabling the Palestinian government to pursue its responsibilities in Gaza actually should be of interest to everybody, including the donors community and Israel, because the uh, deterioration uh, in humanitarian situations in Gaza uh, is not of interest to anybody, because if it continues, it, will, it can lead into, into explosion which is everybody wants to avoid. Actually, uh, it's leading into uh, problematic environmental situations that uh, has been leaving negative effects on Israel, like, for example, um, bombing uh, the uh, sewage of Gaza into the sea that has been polluting uh, uh, shores uh, in the Israeli and the southern parts of Israel. So everybody should be... Uh, uh, interested uh, for enabling the Palestinian government to assume its responsibility and to deal with the humanitarian situations and the economic deterioration. The other part of this development of this agreement is uh, that Egypt uh, will allow uh, opening the uh, Rafah uh, crossing under the supervision of the Palestinian Authority in return for uh, some cooperation by Hamas with Egypt over the security issues in Sinai. Uh, these two aspects of what has been agreed on are uh, quote-unquote kosher. Uh, you shouldn't bother anybody. And uh, I don't think that uh, the two sides are candidate to go beyond this level of reconciliation. Um. 
Doctor, um, now if I might uh, take the discussion to the regional uh, impact, uh, we uh, saw in 2011 the first agreement, Cairo agreement, uh, in May 2011, six weeks after the eruption of the Syrian crisis, and now we've seen a breakthrough, we saw a breakthrough in uh, uh, the second round of Cairo reconciliation uh, nearly two or three months after the Qatar crisis. Do you see a correlation between problems in the region that might uh, be positive to us? Well, I believe that there is strong uh, interrelations between uh, Palestinian internal politics and regional and sometimes international uh, situations. I don't think that this last development uh, has affected strongly by uh, non-Palestinian factors. I think that Hamas have reached the conclusion that uh, 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 they need to get rid of their government burden, government's burden. Uh, Hamas built its popularity over its reputation as a resistance movement and has been losing this popularity as a result of their role as a government. Any uh, government in, in Gaza is doomed, whether it is Hamas or, or otherwise. Therefore, uh, Hamas has been losing popularity and has been reaching the conclusion that probably uh, moving a little bit towards the Lebanese model, while they maintain their role as resistance and uh, 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 give the chance to whoever to work out the dirty burden of uh, services, sewage, uh, education, health, etc., um, providing money for salaries, uh, solving environmental problems, and all these impossible tasks. Uh, and in such situations, uh, whenever there's going to be claim in the future, it's going to be directed to the Palestinian government of Hamdallah and Abbas rather than uh, to Hamas. Uh, without this, reducing um, the overall uh, hegemony uh, or control that Hamas will continue to maintain in Gaza as a result of its military superiority. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Hassan, the... the um I mean, it's a very pessimistic outlook and, you know, something that uh, we shouldn't uh, for a moment forget is the Machiavellian uh, uh, control of the Zionists and the Israelis in creating the situation. But if we if we were to look back, you know, let's rewind and do a quick 50 years. You know, the greatest achievement that Abu Ammar Yasser Arafat did was he united a people, yeah, a despised, a dispossessed, homeless people, made them, brought them to the forefront of um, media attention and created an, uh, an identity for our struggle for self-determination and justice. And that was his greatest feat. And then we go from there to, we look back historically now and see that the 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 disaster that has befallen us since Oslo because our partner, alleged partner in peace, only wants more pieces of Palestine, but is not interested in peace, P-E-A-C-E, but P-I-E-C-E. And we get to the point now where you know, Hamas is relinquishing control of Gaza, not because they don't want to be in control, but because it's ugly to be in government. We'd rather be a resistance model, uh, like you said, in, in Lebanon. What's the future for... Um, the leadership of the Palestinians, you know, we've got uh, um, President Abbas, you know, was last elected over 10 years ago, almost 12 years ago now. Uh, if I get it right, uh, I think that uh, uh, if I want to read uh, the future 
given the uh, political reality in Palestine uh, and given the uh, political reality in Israel and given the changing, uh, the negatively changing attitude of the United States, I think most probably uh, things will uh, uh, continue as it is because this uh, changing status quo that we are living uh, is a creation of Israel. It created this status quo in a way that suits their uh, needs and uh, uh, requirements. Uh, it's on the expense of the uh, rights of the Palestinians, uh, but it's imposed on them. Uh, and uh, I think that the main Israeli interest is to maintain uh, this status quo, maintain in the sense of, of maintenance. Uh, whenever this status quo uh, is, is shaken, uh, they do maintenance activities in order to ensure uh, its continuity. And the main characteristics of this status quo is, uh, number one, the division of functions between Israel and the PA, uh, where Israel is keeping for itself uh, overall security responsibilities and responsibilities over the land, of course, and the resources under the land and the movement over the land and the crossing, etc., and keeping and giving to the, leaving to the Palestinian Authority in a de facto way unilaterally, the uh, services, including law and order, uh, in addition to uh, all other services. Um, but another aspect of the status quo is uh, um, dividing the Palestinian territories into West Bank and Gaza. Uh, this is also comfortable to Israel uh, in too many respects. Given the uh, lack of ability in the Palestinian side to enforce a change in this status quo, and given uh, the uh, fact that the allies of the Palestinians, particularly the Arabs, are not in a position to help now, and given that the new American administration uh, 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 has moved uh, steps further in their biased attitude towards Israel compared to the previous government, uh, uh, my reading to the, to the future is a continuity of the current situations that is allowing Israel to expand their illegal settlements uh, with the least political cost possible. Just a, a quick comment, uh, Dr. Hassan. What's the future of the leadership for the Palestinians? Is it uh, Marwan Barghouti? Where do you see the, the next uh, leader coming from? Uh, I don't see uh, any election in the horizon, uh, and I don't see any mean of change in the Palestinian leadership, uh, and I cannot make prediction about the future after the uh, possible absence of the current president, uh, Mahmoud Abbas, in case that his position is vacant for any kind of reason. Uh, it's very difficult to imagine uh, the developments then simply because the uh, legal uh, um, succession, uh, according to the Palestinian basic law, uh, which is equivalent to constitution, would require election. And uh, due to the split between West Bank and Gaza, and due to the fact that Israel is not going to uh, encourage that, uh, I do not see a uh, uh, possible election. Uh, that's why I think uh, the uh, scenarios uh, for uh, the future 
uh, new leadership in Palestine is quite uh, unclear for me. And what about what about some people are talking about you know the concept of dissolving the PA? What's your thoughts there? That's a naive uh, scenario, uh, and it's a utopian scenario, uh, because Israel uh, is not going to uh, allow uh, a reversal process to pre-authority uh, uh, historical situations. If the PA uh, wants to give up its role, then Israel will probably find somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe among the Palestinians uh, to do this, maybe Hamas, maybe mm-hmm. somebody else. Yeah. Uh, but it's not that easy. Uh, reversing uh, things is not a practical issue. Uh, most Palestinians believe that keeping the Palestinian Authority is more uh, <coughs> in line with the interests of the Palestinians than dissolving it. Uh, and most Palestinians believe that we need to think of ways to improve uh, the uh, political and uh, services performance of the PA of the PA rather than dissolving it. Yeah. So the, one, 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 just very quickly, one more question. And I mean, you're, you're living in what we we call, and I'm sure you agree, an apartheid state today, uh, Dr. Hassan. I mean, the reality is a Jew can live anywhere, whether it's in 48 Palestine, in East Jerusalem, West Jerusalem in the Golan Heights, anywhere in, in the West Bank, and vote um, and get uh, legislative, you know, the rule of law in the civil courts. But a, a Palestinian, only a Palestinian within 48 can vote. You know, in East Jerusalem, in Gaza, in the West Bank, um, you know, us outside of Palestine, we can't vote. What is life like for you, going about your normal daily functions, you know, getting to, to, to the university and back home to your family, etc., under the conditions? Look, every aspect uh, of our life uh, is affected directly or indirectly uh, by the uh, high level of control that Israel and the Israeli occupation is imposing on uh, the day-to-day life of the Palestinians. Take, for example, uh, uh, the place where I work, Birzeit University. Uh, movement of students and movement of faculty into the university is affected uh, almost on a daily basis by Israeli restrictions on movement. Uh, the ability to expand and develop into uh, new areas of education uh, is restricted by the fact that Israel does not at all give uh, work visa to uh, visiting professors, even if they are Palestinians, but they do not have the uh, Israeli identity uh, uh, that allows people to live in the uh, West Bank. In addition to that, uh, the equipment that we need uh, for laboratories, for example, needs Israeli permits, and uh, usually uh, it takes uh, between long time and infinity to try to get permits for certain uh, laboratory equipments. So the uh, quantity and quality of education uh, in uh, uh, the universities uh, and in the education sector is affected strongly by the Israeli occupation. Uh, if you want to uh, look into the economic sector, for example, which is usually considered the most uh, vital aspect in the life of any people, and if you read, for example, the uh, last report of the World Bank, uh, you would realize that the main uh, impediments 
for economic development and the main uh, uh, ways uh, that can allow the Palestinian economy to expand in a way that can deal with the growing unemployment is if Israel will end its restriction on certain Palestinian economic activities and on on Palestinian economic activities in two-thirds of uh, the West Bank, which is the areas called C, uh, in which Palestinians are restricted uh, in general in any kind of uh, work. And this is correct if you look in any uh, aspect of life. If you go to environment, for example, um, Palestinians are having difficulties with, with their sewage uh, treatment plans, uh, with their dumping areas, simply because all these areas are supposed to be outside the populated areas, which happen to be in Area C under the Israeli control, where Israel is making difficulties for municipalities uh, proceeding with such environmental uh, uh, projects or uh, water networks projects uh, and so on. So every aspect of life is affected, affected negatively uh, with the occupation, and, and, and this is responsible for the uh, economic deterioration and for the growing uh, level of poverty and unemployment uh, that uh, people here are suffering from, especially uh, young Palestinians. Uh, Dr. Hassan, uh, my last question as we head towards the end of the episode is uh, what do we Palestinians and uh, maybe the Palestinian leadership uh, and the civil society expect uh, from uh, a country like uh, Australia, especially as our Prime Minister uh, Malcolm Turnbull is about to head to Israel uh, in about two weeks and might briefly visit Palestine. So what's your message to our listeners uh, who are listening to us uh, right now? Well, all, all what we uh, uh, what we need and what we expect from governments like uh, the Australian government is uh, is to take attitudes vis-à-vis this conflict uh, on the basis of the international legality and to treat uh, the two sides of the conflict uh, on the basis of their violation or commitment to the international legality. So, for example, as long as uh, uh, Israel continued with its illegal expansion of settlements, then uh, we expect governments like Australia uh, to be critical of uh, that behavior of the Israeli government. The only way uh, uh, to achieve peace between the two Palestinians and the Israelis uh, is if the two sides would adhere to the international legality regarding the different aspects of the conflict. What we have difficulties uh, in understanding uh, is why these countries like Australia, that have a great deal of respect to international law and legality in general, uh, close an eye on the Israeli violations of the international law and on the Israeli violation of the basic rights of the Palestinian people and proceed with their friendship with Israel without this being affected by uh, uh, the fact that Israel is in violation of the international law. 
دكتور غسان الخطيب فلسطيني اكاديميك اند فورمر مينستر اوف ذا فلسطينيان اثورتي ثانك يو سو ماتش فور بيينغ ويز اس اون ذا بروجرام اند وي ويل بي لوكينغ فورورد تو توكينغ تو يو ان فيوتشر بروبابلي اباوت بيرزيت يونيفرسيتي اند ذا جريت سكسس ذات ذا فلسطينيان يونيفرسيتي ار اتشيفينغ ويزن ايفن اندر اوكيبيشن ثانك يو فيري ماتش ثانك يو دكتور غسان With this, uh, we've come to the end of this week's episode of Palestine Remembered, and our guest was Dr. Ghassan Al-Khatib, a Palestinian academic and a former minister at the Palestinian Authority. Uh, do not forget to tune in next Saturday, same time, 9.30 in the morning. Until then, this is Yusuf Nasser and Robert wishing you the best of time and salam. <laughs>